Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Letterman Row Studios and welcome back to another position week, a big position week, the fifth and final offensive position week of the summer. The 40-year vet Tim May is here to break it down. Well, actually, he's there to break it down. He's out in L.A. Uh, Andy Backstrom is here. I am Spencer Holbrook. Let's talk offensive line, fellas. It is probably the biggest week of the summer for us as far as coverage goes, just because there is so much to break down. Gone. Luke Whipler, uh, sixth-round pick to the Cleveland – seventh-round pick to the Cleveland Browns. Sixth or seventh? He's with the Browns. Sixth. sixth. There we go. To the Cleveland Browns. Uh Paris Johnson, top 10 overall pick. DeWan Jones, also with the Cleveland Browns. Three of the five offensive linemen from the stellar unit last year are gone. They're in the NFL now. Buckeyes have to replace all three. One of them, a little bit of a surprise. We'll get into all of that. But this unit overall, Tim, uh, a little bit of a transitional year, but there's no such thing as a transitional year at Ohio State. You have to be uh, very, 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 very good every year. And that's the task at hand for Justin Fry in this unit this summer is to get back to that level, Sands, Paris, Johnson, Dewan Jones, and Luke Whipler. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some transitional years over the years, but uh, you're right. I mean, it's uh, it's huge. It's much like, uh, what, 2014? Uh, it feels like a little bit in some other years. But uh, they put together an offensive line, and it meshes, and they just take off. And, you know, the – it's not tr- troubling. not the right word here, and and not even concerning. But it is interesting that they came out of the spring, in my opinion, without their number one offensive line settled. You know who's going to be the center, who's going to who's going to be the right tackle. We all believe Josh Fryer is going to be the left tackle, but uh, when you bring in the kid, we're going to get into it. I'm sure when you bring in the not kid, young man from uh, San Diego State Simmons. Uh, possibly to vie at that right tackle spot. And then you've got Jacob James coming back uh, who missed all of spring to uh, to basically battle, is that the right term, with Carson Hensman and Victor Cutler maybe for the starting center job? Or will they look at Matt Jones there eventually? Uh, you know, those are all the questions that we're all interested in seeing answered uh, through the month of August. Yeah, Andy, it's it's an interesting place to be if you're Ohio State. You've got a you've got two guards that are settled, but one of the guards can play center and one of them could play tackle if you need them to. And so you really just have two starters settled on the offensive line. And aside from that, then you've got to replace all three of you know the other three. Um, a lot of options for Justin Fry. A lot of uh, different combinations. I don't know how many different combinations you could get at the same five guys all trying to play five different positions. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of, of different ways that this could settle out. And uh, that's, that's what Justin Fry has to be concerned about right now is just trying to figure out where to put the five best chess pieces. Yeah. Well, you said it's the five best and that's what he's focused on. He's not really keying in on the exact positions as much, which is interesting because when we think about the offensive line, we think about plugging in holes of where they're missing certain guys but I do think it's interesting because he brings up someone like Enoch Vimahi 
during the press conference we had with him in late May. And he said, you know, if we started right now, that's someone that needs to be on the field somewhere. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the way that Justin Fry is talking about these players right now. It's he needs to be on the field somewhere. We'll figure out where that is, but he's good enough to play. If the, you know, the fifth best offensive lineman gets hurt, they want the sixth best guy on the field, even if he isn't playing that exact position at that point. It, it's more about trying to get that talent there and then working with that player specifically than it is just plugging in whoever is next up at that position. And so even when they're bringing in Josh Simmons, he was very clear, Justin Fry was, that he is a tackle. That doesn't mean he's immediately the right tackle. Maybe he goes in and competes for left tackle. Now, I think we all agree that Josh uh, Josh Fryer is definitely well on his way to the left tackle spot, but nothing is set in stone at this point. Yeah, it's interesting, Tim, because uh, Josh Simmons is the kind of guy who Ohio State wanted in the January transfer portal window. Yep. And instead, they went into spring practice with Tegra Shibola, who was a nice surprise, and Zen Mahalski, who I don't know if his spring was disappointing or if it was what they wanted or if it achieved, you know, achieved what they were looking for. But they felt that even after watching those two guys for 15 practices in spring, in spring ball, pardon me, it was going to be worth it to still bring in another tackle to not only bolster depth, but compete for a starting job, which tells me that neither of those guys did enough in the spring to make Ohio State feel very, very good about the situation. I, you wonder if they feel better about it when they get Josh Simmons in pads in training camp. We won't know that until mid-August, maybe late August or even September. But it does signal that there was more uh, you know, left to fill with that cup in order to get where you wanted with those tackles that they even brought in Josh Simmons. You know what? I kind of lost uh, paying attention to you after you almost said swing ball. I think you almost <laughs> said swing ball. No, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Meaning uh, Josh Simmons wasn't a wasn't in the transfer portal in December, if I remember correctly. And then Ohio State has spring. <laughs> and then suddenly Josh Simmons is in the transfer portal. And he, you know, I, everything I've read and watched about him he's a quality player and uh number one number two he is a quality player who has started uh for a uh you know a division one school san diego state so uh you know they i don't think they're wasting their time when it comes to some of these guys you know as brian day has said many times it's got to be a guy that can help you you know it's uh when they bring you they're not looking for logs to put on the fire they're looking for fire and uh and we'll see if Josh Simmons is that guy, but clearly he's going to have a shot. Uh, I do believe at playing right tackle for the Buckeyes this year. That's that's where I've got him penciled in. All the scuttlebutt I've heard. That's what they're very interested in. If anything, they want him to stir the pot. You know, they Zen Mikowski, They they Mikowski, They like a lot. Uh, Degra Shabola. Anyone can see his upside. <laughs> I mean, and. Uh, and I thought he kind of turned it on as the spring went on and uh, kind of got that that nastiness going that they're looking for. But you watch Simmons on video, and Simmons looks really good. I mean, he had, you know, you can find video of him, um, uh, you know, missing a few plays, things like that. But, you know, Wyndham Clark whiffed on a – almost whiffed on a, on a ball the other day but still won the U.S. Open. So I just threw that in there because I was there. But uh, – but. 
the bottom line is they brought him in for a reason. And we'll see if that, just like they brought in Victor Cutler, they wanted more, uh, they wanted more stock in the refrigerator. And I think they got that, but, but like Andy was talking about, and you did too, you know, what, what is this starting five going to look like? Uh, you know, we all have in our head guard center guard, right tackle, left tackle, but like Andy was talking about, you know, uh, with Enoch Vimahi, that guy played man last year. And I thought he, there were a lot of times he looked very good. So uh, is this the preseason camp where he just steps up and plays so well, he's got to be on the field like DeWan Jones did several years ago when they, when they went to that four tackle, one center look, you know, it's going to be interesting. August is going to be interesting. I just keep going back to that word because I'm, this is the most curious uh, competition on the field. And yes, I'm including quarterback in, in that evaluation. So Andy, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens. Andy, I think it's interesting that it could go one of two ways here on the offensive line, because you could have the chalk or the vanilla training camp where it's okay. It's going to be Josh Fryer, Donovan Jackson, Carson Hinsman, Matthew Jones, Josh Simmons. And that's about as vanilla as it could be because those are the guys who we think are leading the competition right now. Or you could just have a complete implosion of that idea and have Donovan Jackson, Enoch Mahi on the left side because Donovan Jackson could slide out the left tackle. You could have whoever plays center and then or Matthew Jones at center and then another guard, Matthew Jones or another guy, and then Josh Fryer on the right side. I think we're, we're pretty comfortable with the idea that Josh Fryer is going to be one of the starting tackles. I would think he would be the left tackle, but if Enoch Mahi plays well enough to kick – Donovan Jackson, the left tackle. There's no reason Josh Fryer can't make that easy transition back to the right tackle spot where he started a game last year. So, like, there's two paths here. There's very vanilla, and there's as crazy as it could get. I don't know what we're going to get. I don't think it's going to be the chaos route, but that's why there's two paths here, Andy. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, they're going to have some time to work out the kinks and really get the growing pains out of the way. They've got three games at the start of that schedule where they should win. No matter what, you go to Indiana, then you play Youngstown State, then you play Western Kentucky, you're favored by like 25 plus points in all those games. And so that does give you a little bit of wiggle room. They're going to be growing pains. Like no matter what program you are, you lose three starters, all of them go to the NFL. They're going to be kinks to work out. And, you know, whether it is that first path where it's more vanilla or the second one, as long as they have time to work it out, I think they'll be fine. You just don't want a situation where you're switching guys in and out during the season because you need to make a change because someone's not playing up to the standard that you have. So no matter how long it takes them to figure it out in, in fall camp, I don't think people should be panicking about that. We're not even having it set going into fall camp. What have People should be worried about things if they start changing guys around after the first game or the second game. Then you have a problem because – then it's hard to form any kind of chemistry when you're in a game week. So I think for now they're fine. But, yeah, you bring up a good, uh, good point, Spencer. It could be either way. They could go a lot of different uh, paths with this offensive line. And and the other thing, too, I want to bring up about bringing in Josh Simmons, it's not just about the, the right tackle competition. It's also about, you know, you lose Brent, Ben Chrisman in the transfer portal as well. And I know that Justin Fry brought that up. Was They, they kind of needed to have that middle layer of the offensive line rebuffed if you will uh after that departure which kind of flew under the radar but but maybe it was one of the more significant transfer portal departures this offseason 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why Tim later this week, I'm going to do a, not just a, a projection on the starting five, but a projection on the second team, you know, with losing Ben Chrisman, you've got young guys like George Fitzpatrick coming up who are starting to gain some buzz, even a freshman like Austin Saraveld, uh, from what I've heard, I don't know what you guys have heard, but had just an incredible spring, uh, for a true freshman guy who came in and, and really shined. So could he crack that that too deep? Could Enoch Vimahi be the sixth man, the swing guy that, ever, that, that they use every year in that pseudo tight end role? Uh, a lot of questions to be, to be answered still. I think, Tim, the offensive line starting situation could follow a similar path to the quarterback. Like Ryan Day doesn't name starting quarterbacks. I think the earliest has been August 17th. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a, an offensive line dust settling around that August 15th to 20th range and you start to form continuity that last couple of weeks of training camp. Uh, you know, I, I think that's probably a, a smart way to play this just so you have some continuity before that Indiana game. But it's definitely something that it's probably the topic of conversation inside the building right now. And, and especially with us, not just because it's offensive line week, but just because you're not winning football games if you can't block people. I liken this to an Air Force that's got all these weapons to sling under the wing of its big-time fighter-bomber aircraft. But what's going to be the fighter-bomber? What's What are the wings going to look like? I mean, uh, <laughs> you can have all these weapons, but you got to launch them, you know. And uh, my analogies are getting all messed up because I'm right over here near the SpaceX uh, HQ here in Hawthorne. But uh, I digress. Bottom line is that th this offense is bristling with big-time weapons, but you got to have the launch pad. And uh, they all know that. And I sense there's a, there's a little bit of a sense of urgency going on, which is what you're alluding to. I think the earlier, my personal opinion, the earlier you settle on who that first five are, the better off you are. And, uh, and I keep going back to this. Uh, Indiana's going to throw, we can, you know, you can poo poo Indiana all you want. They're going to throw everything at this offensive line from a, from a blitz stunt, uh, aspect, uh, try to confuse them, et cetera. That's what Tom Allen, you can already, you can hear the, the gears already turning in his head. That's going to be their only shot is to just attack a, uh, first, first time, full time starting quarterback. Cal McCord obviously has started a game, but attack him in every way possible. And we saw during the spring how much trouble uh, this offensive line had when the uh, Ohio State defensive front, defensive front seven tweaked it up even a little bit. But when this, when they went to running plays, this offensive line, in my opinion, was uh, stellar uh, for the most part. And so they may lean on the run a little earlier in this season because number one, they got five, six running backs, depending on how you count them, uh, who are capable. And number two, it helps an offensive line get its get its feet under him, under under itself. There we go. Its feet under itself. And another name, by the way, I want to throw out there that I thought was coming along as the spring went on, and and uh, Justin Fry mentioned him a couple of times to me at least as Luke Montgomery, the freshman. Uh, we'll see how much he will improve uh, over the last several months with Mick Marotti. But there's a guy definitely to keep in mind. A highly touted freshman who uh, everybody comes in, their heads start swimming when you start playing on the offensive line in college compared to high school where you just crush people. <laughs> this is all about technique, uh, movement, et cetera. But I, I, I expect him to uh, figure in somehow another in that too deep as this season goes on.
yeah, maybe later in the season as we see more garbage time opportunities, you know, there's some opponents on that schedule early, but also a little later that that you could see him start to flash in that two deep, maybe a little bit the way Carson Hensman did last year. Talked to yep. Justin Fry a lot about, you know, some of those guys who, you know, like, Car- like I said, Carson Hensman, who in bowl practice, in practice in November, you were looking at the coaching staff was looking out there like, who's that guy? Oh, that's the freshman. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's he just can, a- he can be. He could be the starting center, you know. I'm, and we're all looking at Jacob James coming back. We're looking at other mixes and matches. But Carson Hisman had a pretty good spring, the way I under, you know, the way we all understand it. And uh, he he could be one of those guys that emerges and just takes over in August. You know, who knows, right? But uh, I'm not discounting uh, several of these guys. That's where I wanted to go next, Andy. As we we start to to get on the back half of this this. Uh off-season report presented by Byers Auto. I'm a little rusty after after a couple of weeks off here. My, my apologies, but in Hawaii, <laughs> I'm still in island time, Tim. The uh, the center battle, Andy. Mahalo, brother. <laughs> the center battle, Andy, is is one that you know a lot of attention is getting paid on these tackles. Obviously, the tackles. You're not winning football games without tackles, but that center battle, Carson Hinsman, I think, is the clear leader right now. But you also didn't have the veteran Jacob James in there. I think right. we can kind of slot. Hensman ahead of Victor Cutler at this point, just because of everything we saw in the spring, a lot of first team reps by Carson Hensman, not very many by Victor Cutler, but still worked his way in there. I think this is a James versus Hensman battle. Uh, and and right now I would give the edge to Carson Hensman, but I also know that Jacob James didn't get to practice in the spring. So it, it's one that's definitely worth monitoring, but I think, I, I think unless just something crazy happens this summer, I do think this is probably a two-man battle between Jacob James and Carson Hensman to be the starting center at Ohio State this fall. Uh, do you fall in that line of thinking as well? And what are your thoughts on the center battle? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's funny, Tim mentioned having four tackles and one center combination. It feels like now there's so much depth on the interior for this team and not much on the tackle spots. I, for center, yeah, you got three three players there, Carson Hinsman, Jacob James, and then Victor Cutler, who they moved inside. He could also – Victor Cutler can play tackle too. He started a full season at left tackle last season at Louisiana Monroe. So yeah. I'm wondering if they kick him back outside now that you have Jacob James back. You don't really need three centers that have started games – it division one college football. I mean, like it, it's nice, but if you're looking for other pieces at the offensive line, it goes back to what Justin Fry is talking about, about focusing more on the best players and not as much on the positions. Like if these guys can play all five. I mean, you might want to push Victor Cutler back out and have him compete along with these other tackles. Why not? Right. Um, because I do think that there was enough of a sample size there in the spring to say, okay, well, Carson has been seems to have, surpassed Victor Cutler. Uh, as Spencer mentioned, not only in practice was Carson Hinson getting most of the first team reps, but in that spring game, he was the first team center and Victor Cutler was the second team center. Uh, Josh Padilla is another guy that they moved from tackle to center and he's been playing at center now. So he's a fourth center there and, and maybe he's the third center now. And then you move Victor Cutler outside. So I think that they've got some options. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to stack all of these guys at center when you still have other things to figure out at different positions on this offensive line. Yeah, Tim, I think it's it's interesting because you could have Jacob James for a year at center and you would be fine or maybe two years. 
but you 100% will have Carson Hensman for two years at center. And I think if that is equal, if it's equal in that competition and it's very, very similar in their playing styles and everything, I think I would go with the young guy because I think that, that you can build continuity around that center, kind of like they did with Luke Whippler. And I wrote on lettermanroad.com on Monday, I think the trajectory of Luke Whippler, what we saw with him starting at center in, in you know, early in his career lines up perfectly with what we see from Carson Hensman. It kind of makes sense. You go from a second year starting center, starts for two years, goes to the NFL. Carson Hensman could be a second year starting center, two or three years as a starting center, go to the NFL. So it, it, there's some symmetry there, but, but I'm not going to just dismiss Jacob James as an option because I know that he was a key piece of the two deep prior to missing the spring. It is still surprising to me how my take on the Ohio State offensive line for 2023 was affected by what I still say was a surprise decision by Luke Whippler to leave because, man, they had the core coming back to this offensive line. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, Luke Whippler finally was taken in the NFL draft. And good luck to him because I really like that guy. That's what I guess that's main point I'm getting to is uh, the center is so important. The reason you get the idea that they've run, they're running a, or will run a lot of people through that position is it's so vital and you want to have people, if, if for one of another term, cross-trained to at least be able to go in there and be adequate at a spot in case people go down and stuff. But it is, it is really funny how my thinking my assessment of this offensive line changed when Luke Whipler opted to go to the NFL because uh, I thought he had a chance to be a Remington, the Remington Award uh, front runner uh, right on down the line because you can just see him improve, man, almost every game. Now, he got banged up last year as he went along, and that's another reason to leave early rather than sit around because you can get banged up and suddenly you're out of, out of playing football. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Carson Hensman – if I had to get a crystal ball on this, I think Carson Hensman ends up being the starting center, which I probably just jinxed him right there. And I agree with Andy's uh, assessment that, yeah, Victor Cutler slides out the tackle where he played very well against some, against some good competition while at Louisiana Monroe, including, a, you know, the uh, Texas and, and Alabama and showed very well. That's one of the reasons Ohio State was very interested in him because he's a guy who nobody wanted on a power five level coming out of high school and physically he's gotten much bigger and stronger and he could be, he could re, he could really be a, an upset special as preseason camp goes on. We'll see, but uh, you're right. I mean, the center is the crux of it all. Can he do the, can he do the shotgun snaps, the pistol, pistol depth snaps. And, you know, as y'all noticed, like I did in uh, the spring, they were under center in my opinion, wow. a lot more, a lot more than they've ever been on, under Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. Urban Meyer didn't believe in getting under center, you know, and uh, probably caught up to him, caught up with him a couple of key, key three times. But uh, uh, that that's that's one of the curious things about this offense is that you know they're kind of changing a little bit in just the way they want to attack you. It's more of a uh, get after you approach in the running game, and you know, pass pro is pass pro. But uh, uh, that's why it's going to be interesting. Uh, I keep using that word. I don't know any other word to say. Uh, intriguing I'll, I'll skip to that word now uh an int word uh, intriguing to see how preseason camp goes on and 
see the see what kind of bodies they're really looking for for those spots. But I, like I said, I go back to it. I still like Carson Hensman, and I think he is the guy to beat at center. Doesn't mean he won't be beaten. Yeah, and that's the way I feel, Tim. Is it, just because he's the guy to beat doesn't mean that he can't be beat. Uh, you know, just to touch on, but what both of you guys said, I think Victor Cutler is the perfect swing guy. He's the exact guy that you want in your two deep. I don't think yeah. you want a six foot three. Uh, and this is no offense whatsoever to Victor Cutler, but I don't know if you want a six foot three Louisiana Monroe tackle to be playing starting at tackle at Ohio State. I don't think that's the ideal fit to play to start at tackle for Ohio State but if he's your second team right tackle and if something happens and he gets plugged and played there oh by the way if something happens to your center he can also plug and play there and he's played snaps at guard before uh in his career he can play there like he's the versatility piece that you need on an offensive line you've got Enoch Famahi as a guy who can play both guard spots. You've got Victor Cutler who can play center and both tackle spots. You've got a lot of versatility in that 2D, not just on the starting lineup with Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones, but you've got a lot of versatility in the way you can use that sixth and seventh piece, uh, guys who have a lot of experience and who can make plays, but you probably don't want those guys starting, but that doesn't mean that they can't do it. Yeah, and, and the, the key three words you use there, and it, it goes for Simmons too, he has played. Uh, yeah, not on the level of the Big Ten and Power Five, but they both have played, they both started, and those are guys, uh, yeah, their knees will be quaking a little bit if they their first time they play in Ohio Stadium uh, or or maybe at Indiana's Memorial Stadium. <laughs> but uh, because – you know, they're playing for a higher rated brand, but they have been in the mix. And that's that that, that to me was his uh was his, his intriguing. I'm gonna use that word now, was intrigued was his intriguing about Ohio State getting those two guys is they've got guys who have started, who have played, who uh have shown they have the the staying power to be a starter. And there's a whole lot of difference between going in, like you said, mop-up time, trash time, and playing a complete game. Uh, at any position, but especially on the offensive line, and uh, that that's that's what I think st- uh, s- strengthens their position in terms of vying for maybe a starting spot or definitely playing time. If you haven't noticed, we are very passionate about offensive line talk here at this program. It is got to be. It is uh, one of the most pressing topics for this program, for the direction of the program. You've got a lot of momentum there with with two tackles taken in the draft, the center taken in the draft. You finally get another first-round pick at tackle. You can start to recruit on that. Matt Parker's got the recruiting coverage all week at lettermanero.com along the offensive line. Andy Baxter of the 40-year vet, Tim May, going to make his way back to Columbus here soon. I'm Spencer Holbrook. We will be breaking down the offensive line all week at lettermanero.com. Come hang out. Come join us. Uh, Pretty good deals at LettermanRow.com. Uh, the Letterman Lounge message board is is getting stronger and stronger by the day. We love the community that we're starting to build there. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not going to subscribe to LettermanRow.com. We would love to have you on both. Again, 40-year vet Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching the latest off-season report, Offensive Line Week edition, presented by Buyers Auto, the best place to buy a new or used auto in Columbus or Central Ohio. We will see you back next week. When we begin defensive position weeks. For now, we're just breaking down the offensive line. Thanks for watching. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.